0: Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, AJ Hogue, where AJ's more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's AJ with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. I'm AJ Hogue, the author of Effortless English. Learn to speak English like a native. Join and commit to my VIP program. Now's a good time. Commit, focus, and speak English powerfully. Speak English fluently. Speak English effortlessly like a native. Join and commit to my VIP program today at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Hey, and add my pronunciation course because it's a great combination. They work well together. My VIP program. Start with that. Then add the pronunciation course. Start training your speaking ability so you have that nice, clear, very clear, very understandable, fantastic pronunciation with my pronunciation course training. Also at effortlessenglishclub.com. Effortlessenglishclub.com. Four books now. Really great. I'm enjoying it i joining these book clubs. I enjoy doing them live because uh, we have some very interesting comments and questions and discussions. It's a very nice exchange of ideas. That's why I enjoy doing, especially the book clubs, live. Because, you know, these books, they give us a lot to think about. These books make us think. And that's why the discussions are interesting. You know, I like talking about learning English, and of course I do that. But I already have lots and lots and lots of videos recorded about that topic, how to improve your writing, how to improve your pronunciation, how to improve your vocabulary, how to improve your speaking, why the effortless English method works, the seven rules of the Effortless English system. I've got a lot of that, you know. So when I do those live, I don't know, it's just usually the same exact questions every single time. So I really, I don't feel like we need to do those live. When I'm talking just about English learning, I can just record those. But the, uh, the book club shows are fun to do live I, for me just because uh, really get, we all get you know, thinking. We really all start thinking a lot more deeply. And uh, you know, someone asks a question or makes a comment and that makes me think uh, you know, about their comment and I, it makes me think about the book in a different way and gives me new ideas. And then you know, I, I'll answer their comment and then that helps other people think in a different idea and we're we're all sharing our ideas and uh, we get a better and a deeper understanding of the ideas and the messages of the book. Really fantastic. See, that's that's just such a great example of independent learning that we are doing online. Right, because, we, you know, this is just like doing a literature class, like an English Lit. They call it English Lit, short for literature. Right, when I went to school, in high school and in uh, university, college, you know, we had to take English Lit classes, right? We had to take a lot of... A lot of the English classes were focused on doing exactly what we're doing with our book clubs. You had to read a book and then, you know learn about or think about the messages. But the problem is, in, in the school environment, they kill. they kill the joy, they kill the happiness, they kill the true learning. They destroy all enjoyment of these books. And it's all one way. right? So if you, if you get a typical, in a normal English class, in high school or college, you go there. You read the book, or you're supposed to read the book. I, I usually didn't read the book, but <laughs> you're supposed to. Uh, and then you sit there, and then the teacher just lectures, 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 lectures about, you know, what, what is the meaning of this book or this chapter. And the students just sit there and take notes. And then there's a test. <laughs> And there's a, uh, which is just stupid, you know. Sometimes the test is about just, they're just testing to see if you read the book. So they're, it's just, it's just ridiculous. They're just, you know, asking you questions up to try to remember all the specific things that happened in the book, which is meaningless. Uh, and then sometimes they have, they ask you questions about, you know, the messages or the meaning or the symbols in the book and basically you're just repeating what the teacher told you it's not learning that's not learning memorization is not really learning especially something like literature where we're talking about life and you know meaning and values and philosophy that's what good books do, good literature. Well, those are not things that you can memorize. Those are tough, deep questions that we have to think about. And what we're doing with the book club is such a more powerful way to, uh, you know, read, learn, and enjoy a book with other people I mean of course you can just do this alone yourself in fact I I hope you will but see you know there's no tests. I'm not going to test you if you don't want to read the book you don't have to you can just watch the videos and hopefully you still uh, get some benefit just from that but if you do want to read the book you can you can read the books in your own language or you can read them in English if you're you know if it's not too difficult you can read them in English and then we get together online it's voluntary no one is forcing you you don't have to do any of this it's all by your choice and then you share your questions and comments and you see the questions and comments of all the other people who are joining the book club and of course you hear my Um, summary and my ideas and my opinions, but they're just my ideas and my opinions. I don't, I don't force you to agree with my ideas or opinions. You know, I don't try to, I don't make you take a test and repeat my ideas. Ah, this is what voluntary real learning is. This is what real education should be. And the truth is, this method of learning, this independent method of learning, it could be used for every single topic. Not just English. We could use this for math. We could use this for science, history, philosophy, religion. Whatever. That's real education. I mean, that's, this is why I love homeschooling. This is, you know, it's the same kind of approach as what you do with children in homeschooling. Of course, with children, it depends on their age. The younger children need more direction. You need, a, you need to be a little more disciplined, focused. You need to lead them more. Of course, that's our job as parents and adults. But as they get older, as they uh, reach their teenage years, they should become very, very independent learners. Okay? You need them to be. I mean, that's, you, you want to train them to be very independent learners because that's what they need to be as adults. And by the teenage years, 13, 14 years old, they should be very, very independent as learners. You become more of a consultant and a coach and less of, you know, like a boss, you know. So anyway, I I enjoy it too. I very much enjoy the... This kind of learning that we're doing together with the book club. So thank you all who have joined, uh, either joined live or even if you're just listening to the recordings. You know, I appreciate it. Thank you. Now this recent book, *The Alchemist*, we just finished. Very much a spiritual book, right? It's it's about spiritual or religious topics, right? I mean, this clearly we saw yesterday. Um, with the, la- with the end of the book that Coelho, the writer is talking very directly about God, right? The, the climax of the book is when Santiago connects with the spirit of God. That's what he calls it. The spirit of God. I think he calls it the soul of God actually. I think he uses the word soul instead of spirit. Same idea really. what's interesting is I've gotten a few comments on social media people who uh, uh, say oh you know religion's bad religion's bad it causes people to fight and hurt and uh, all this stuff or you know religious people they teach uh, you know some bad stuff so I think we should I I want it today then I'm going to focus on the difference in English in English between the words religious and spiritual because now, right, right these, these words have a history, and the words have, the meanings, the use of these words has changed over the years. But now they have, um, kind of different meanings, these two words. And let's discuss the difference. Because Coelho's book is a spiritual book, not a religious book. What's the difference? Religious. First of all, religious comes from the word religion, right? And a religion is a very specific, uh, really, it's a specific system or organization, right? Christianity, there are Christian churches, right? There are preachers or priests. Catholics have the Pope, um, right? There's a there's a kind of there's a whole system and an organization, or actually many organizations that are Christian. This is the same that's true for Islam. It's the same is true for Hinduism, Buddhism, all the what we call religions, right? the 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 big religions of the world. Now the religions what they what are the religions teaching though I mean if you get down to the root of it what they 're teaching though is how to how to find God I guess is probably the 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 best way to describe it right each of these religions is a is a method or a system for um, you know, finding God, connecting with God, connecting with that higher purpose, that higher power and the highest spirit, okay we could use that word too, spirit we could use the word God to describe that we could use the word universe we could use the word Tao Brahman, you know, there's lots of words but one another word we could use would, would be spirit, Christians will say holy spirit But it's that highest power, right? It's... That highest power... Let's just use the word Tao. I like the word Tao, because Taoism is not really a religion. It's not so organized like the others. So it's a little more philosophical. Uh, That's one reason I like to use the word Tao, because... Uh, most people, when they hear the word Tao, it doesn't connect to a specific religion. They don't really think of a specific religion. It's kind of more vague. It's more general, right? Because sometimes people hear a word. If I say Brahmin, then people think I'm talking about Hinduism. If I say Nirvana, then they think I'm talking about Buddhism. If I say Allah, they think I'm talking about Islam, right? If, it's if I say God, maybe they think I'm talking about Christianity or Judaism. So I like the word Tao because it could. Eh, it doesn't quite... You know there is Taoism, kind of, but it's not really an organized religion. There aren't, uh, there are not, there aren't Taoist churches and all this. So Tao, I like because it's, it 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 can kind of it's a word that can be used, and uh, any religion or no religion. So what are religions? Religions are systems or methods or teachings or traditions. To help you find the Dao, right? Connect with the Dao. But the Dao is not a religion, right? the The Dao itself, God, Buddha, Allah, whatever, is not a is not a religion. It's far bigger, far beyond that, right? It's spiritual. So the idea when we use the word spiritual is that it's. It's, it's the thing that the religions are pointing to. Let's talk about individual people. I think Joseph Campbell... Joseph Campbell wrote a... Uh, he, he was into mythology. He wrote about mythology... Right, stories, kind of religious stories of all different cultures around the world. He studied them all. He compared them, and he, especially, he tried to find similarities. Right, he tried to find similar messages, similar teachings, in uh, stories and myths and religions from all different parts of the world, all different kinds of cultures, you know, Greek mythology, the ancient Greeks, and, you know, Christian and Buddhist and Muslim and uh, Hindu and Native Americans and all of that, on the surface, many of them are quite different, but he would look for and try to find and describe what he thought were similar messages underneath the stories or within the stories. So that was Joseph Campbell, and he, he's got some very good books. He also wrote a lot about storytelling in general and uh, the traditions of storytelling around the world. And Joseph Campbell made a very good uh, distinction. He's uh, between religious and spiritual. What's the difference? Well, basically, he said that uh, religious people are basically they're the talkers. They're the talkers and the thinkers, right? I. For example, a priest, right? That's a role. To become a priest uh, in a in a church, a Christian church, you have to go to school. You have to study. You got to pass a bunch of tests, right? There's a whole system. It depends on what kind of priest or preacher you want to be, but it's a it's kind of almost like a job, really, right? And what priests do is they talk. They're talkers, right? They they talk and they teach. They t- If they're Christian, they talk about the Bible, they study the Bible, they teach, right? They stand up in church and they talk about it. So they're talkers and they're philosophers, right? The thinkers. On the other hand, what Joseph Campbell described as spiritual, he said these are the doers, these are the ones that do or practice. They're much less interested in talking about it and thinking and analyzing. They want to do it. They want to actually do it. So, for they want to change themselves, in other words, they want to become more better people. They want to become saints or Buddhas or whatever word you want to use. In uh, many religions, you know, the religious people, they are the priests. You know, they're the priests, the bishops, the they're kind of uh, almost like political leaders, right? They have a role, a kind of a political power within this organization. But the spiritual people, they are the monks and the nuns, right? They're the ones who spend most of their days praying and meditating. The spiritual ones, they're trying to completely change themselves, whereas the religious ones, they're more trying to persuade and teach people, right, through talking and thinking. They're more focused on the outside. The religious ones, they're priests, they're lecturers, they're intellectuals, professors, that kind. The spiritual ones, they're monks, nuns, sadhus, bhikkhus. I'll give you an example, a personal example for the religious or the philosophical type of person Alan Watts Alan Watts he's actually one of my favorites very much like Alan Watts Alan Watts uh, very interesting man he was a an I think Episcopalian a Christian uh, priest then he left the Christian church and because he um, he was interested in Buddhism and the rest of his life he studied Buddhism and also Hinduism and Taoism Eastern the Eastern Far Eastern religions he studied them in great detail uh, was very knowledgeable very very knowledgeable and he spent most of his life writing books about Buddhism and Taoism and Hinduism and giving lectures you know talks about those religions and those philosophies. Alan Watts, uh, a very intelligent, really good speaker, had a nice sense of humor. Excellent. Really, really great at explaining some of the, seemingly, some of the kind of difficult ideas of these religions and philosophies and explaining them in a way that it's, they're kind of really easy to understand. Like, they're very clear. So he's really great at that. Great lecturer. So that's my example of a religious person or a f- philosophical person. As an example of a spiritual person, one example that came to my mind powerfully was a man I met in Darjeeling, India. Darjeeling, India is in the kind of the north and east of India. It's up in the mountains, the Himalayas. I was traveling in India and I went up to Darjeeling and I s- stayed in a in a little guest house, a little hotel and working at this hotel he may have been one of the owners i'm not sure but kind of the manager at least of this hotel was a tibetan man right tibetan and there was something special about this guy i don't i don't know how to explain it completely but he he was just so calm and peaceful and kind and I I talked to him you know a few times I talked to him while I was staying at the hotel he was a very um, devout we say a strong believer he was a Buddhist but not an intellectual right he didn't he didn't Talk a lot about Buddhism, but he practiced it. He meditated every single day. He had this um, something that Tibetan Buddhists do. They have these little uh, beads, They're kind of like on a bracelet, and goes around your wrist. Sometimes on a necklace, and they uh, they chant. Om mani padme hum. Om mani padme hum. Om mani padme hum. And they chant, and they while they chant, each time they chant, they move the little necklace like a bead. It's a kind of meditation and he would do that all through the day like I would see him you know sitting at the desk at the hotel and he'd be oh, money me, oh, money me, oh, money. he'd be chanting and kind of meditating with his little bracelet he's just a very humble man right Not, 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 no ego with this guy no pride no ego very simple but there was something special about him he was spiritual he was spiritual he was practicing <laughs> he was really practicing in his life every day meditating praying trying his very best to be uh, you know a good kind person a self-disciplined person and you could feel it you just meet you meet him you immediately could feel something special about him but not a good talker, right? Not a good talker. Not very good at exp- he didn't really seem to want to talk too much about about Buddhism or, or what he was doing. He was focused on doing, not talking. So the religious type, the philosophical type, these are the intellectuals. They're professors. They're leaders. <laughs> And the spiritual types, these are, at the highest level, the spiritual ones, these are the ones that become saints or prophets or Buddhas, right? They, they become amazing examples of human beings because they transform. They completely change themselves. The religious people, on the other hand, or the philosophical people, even, they show us something important. See, Alan Watts is a great, was, fant- was a great guy. Really cool. You listen to his speaking, he's, you know, he's just such a great speaker. He's funny, he's, he's interesting, he's so clever and smart, and really, really great. See, and he, he clearly understood these philosophies, these religions, very, very, very well intellectually. But he did not actually practice and do them so much in his real everyday life. In fact Alan Watts was an alcoholic and Alan Watts died at a fairly young age because of alcoholism because of his drinking. It destroyed his health and he died really too young I'd say kind of when he was middle-aged. And this is the problem with only having an intellectual understanding. This is the problem of just thinking and talking all the time about these ideas. Because just thinking and talking, just understanding is not enough. Understanding is an important first step important first step but is not enough if you only do that you really don't change much as a as a person you don't become a lot happier you don't gain a lot more self discipline right alan watts was fantastic at understanding intellectually mentally but he didn't actually do it the guy the tibetan guy in darjeeling at the hotel he did it every day. Meditating, praying, practicing, really doing it. Right, The spiritual ones, they're the ones that are really doing it. And they actually change. They become better people. They get more and more and more self-discipline. So this is a big difference. The problem is, it's the the talkers, (laughs) right, the thinkers and talkers, they get most of the attention and they have the most power because the other ones, the doers, they're not interested in power. The people who go and meditate, they go to a, they walk into the desert, (laughs) right? (laughs) Kind of like Santiago. The People who walk into the desert and just meditate and pray, they have no power. They're not interested in it. They don't want to be a big priest or in charge of an organization. They don't get publicity in our modern world. Not many people hear about them unless they meet them directly. But the talkers... They get lots of attention. Alan Watts, he wrote books, best-selling books. He did uh, audio lectures, which are very popular. And that's fine. and That's great. Like I said, I like Alan Watts a lot. I love, love, love his teaching. It's just that when you look behind at his real life, you realize, well, he didn't practice the teaching. He understood intellectually. He understood philosophically. But it didn't change his life because he didn't actually practice he didn't do it. He only thought about it. It's a good lesson in life. So when I get these messages in social media, oh, you know, religious people, blah, 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 well, it's. I understand the complaint, but the you have to understand. There's, you cannot condemn. You cannot uh, blame the spiritual people, the the doers, the practice, the people who really practice and do. You can't. Blame them for the bad actions of the religious people, the talkers, the leaders, the philosophers. So the problem is that there's a danger. Understanding mentally and intellectually, philosophically, that religious path. Uh, the in- the philosophy path, if you're, if, it doesn't have to be just religious. It could also just be the philosophy path, the intellectual path. Has a big, big, big danger that a lot of people, a lot of people fall into the danger, and the danger is ego, and power. Ego and power, it's a big, big danger, and it corrupts people, right? Power corrupts. This is a an. Idiom, a saying in English, for good reason. Power corrupts people. Power is dangerous, and that's the problem with the, you know, the path of organized religion with all its titles. And positions right is these people get power they get power right they get into a position of power where they have power over other people where people are looking to them and listening to them as a big leader as somebody with influence and power and that's dangerous because most people have a hard time handling that, right? Most people, when that happens, their ego gets bigger. They start getting a bigger ego. They start to think, oh, I'm special, I'm great. And that can be very dangerous and that can lead them, some people, it can lead them to a very bad place. It can lead them to abusing their power in a big way. And that's what happens when we see with various cults or religious groups where they become violent or they attack and b- kill or they bully other groups and all these all this bad stuff that we've have seen <laughs> but you know it's not just religion this happens in in a- any kind of group where people get power i think people get upset because religion is supposed to be about something else but it's just human nature actually it's not not specifically religion has this problem all power has this problem You know, people who get too much military power, they do the same thing. People who get economic power, too much money, they also can start to abuse people and do bad things. Uh, We know that. Political power, same problem. Power corrupts. It's dangerous. And that's why on on the other path, the spiritual path, the path of the people who really try to live and do and change themselves. They focus inward on themselves. See, they reject the ego. That's why you'll find these people are more peaceful, more gentle. They don't want power over others. That's the big difference. You won't see the ego. The other thing is, the spiritual path is much more difficult much more difficult. It requires much more self-discipline. Just talking about philosophy or religion is pretty easy. You don't have to do anything yourself. You don't have to change yourself. It doesn't require sacrifice or self-discipline. Not much. Maybe a little hard work to learn and study, but... It's not the same as you know having to actually meditate and pray and control your speaking and control your behavior behavior and improve yourself and deal with your uh, uncontrolled emotions and your negative thoughts and all of that is very difficult and requires years and years of effort and work to improve. the spiritual path is a quieter path and it's a more difficult path. So The Alchemist, the book, The Alchemist, is Coelho's way of describing his spiritual path. You have to understand that with The Alchemist, Coelho is very much influenced by his own life. See, Coelho uh, grew up, he always wanted to be a writer, wanted to be a writer, but then he never did it. He was always kind of afraid to fail for many, 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 many years. Afraid to follow that voice, right? Af- afraid to follow his intuition. And then finally, he went, he went to, he walked on the Camino de Santiago. During that experience, he kind of completely changed his, his mindset he became a more spiritual person and uh, and then he after that he decided I have to do it I have to try to be a writer and so he did and he was successful his first book was uh, a little successful and then the Alchemist was a huge success and then he was much happier Coelho also uh, I believe he's kind of uh, a member of some kind of uh, spiritual group society spiritual society that's kind of I think it's a kind of based on alchemy you know I think it's I, I don't know I, I, I don't know a lot about what about Coelho and his uh, spiritual practice but I I know that he got involved with some kind of uh Society that's kind of Christian. I think it's kind of uh, Catholic but, it, but not really. I think most Catholics would say this is not really <laughs> this is not real Catholicism. It's, I think it' also has a lot of ideas of that he kind of puts into the Alchemist. And some of those ideas, a lot of those ideas seem a little strange, the way he writes about them, right? The the kind of more magical side of it. Turning the metal into gold and talking to the wind and the spirits of the wind and the sun and all that kind of stuff. It's, you know, the first time you read it, it's a little strange. But so that's why it's important we have to think more deeply, kind of like Joseph Campbell would do, and kind of dig deeper into the story and find the messages that are more universal, right? Because really they are. They're spiritual methods, spiritual teachings, spiritual ideas, spiritual practices. Underneath that, (laughs) that are much more general and universal, ideas you can find in religions and philosophies all through history, all around the world. And that's what we talked about, especially yesterday. So that is the difference between religious and spiritual. Next book, we're going to do a uh, non-fiction book. I like to change. I like to go between. You know, the fiction books are often a lot more philosophical or political, and uh, they're not as direct. Oftentimes, uh, and then the non-fiction. Nonfiction is usually very more, much more practical, right? We had Rich Dad Poor Dad about making money. So the next one I want to be nonfiction also. And the two books I'm thinking about are How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And, you know, the title describes exactly what it's about. <laughs> and then the other book I'm thinking of doing possibly is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Both of these are huge bestsellers, of course. I'm sure you've heard of both of them. Both good books, very practical. Lots of good, practical, useful, everyday advice about, you know, improving different parts of your life, getting results that you want in your life. Let me know on social media. Let me know on gab.com or twitter.com at A.J. Hoag, A-J-H-O-G-E. Tell me your vote. Which of those two books would you like to do next for our book club? All right, time for me to get going. It is evening. It's uh, getting dark. Time for me to go home. It's getting a little chilly now. We're getting into the late fall. I'm probably going to go hiking this week for eh, just a short time so I will not be doing a show every day this week but I'll do as many as I can meanwhile I will see you on social media have a great day and see you next time join my VIP program commit to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com join at EffortlessEnglishClub.com Go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com now.